You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Hey guys, welcome to session six. So I think it's really important to let you know that this was recorded on June 4th. So we were still and continue to be very deep in the processing of the murder of George Floyd on May 25th. And so this was less than 10 days after that. And, you know, so much learning, so much processing continues to go on, but absolutely was at this time. So I just feel like it's really important to say that for context in terms of what Rachel and I are talking about in this episode, some things that come up, but to be very clear and as abundantly clear as I have been in other places, Black Lives Matter. This conversation is incredibly important. There is so much learning and unlearning to do. And I hope that we will all continue to be part of that conversation. I just really wanted you guys to be aware of when this conversation was taking place, what had just been going on. So you have contacts. Obviously, one of the amazing things of Literally is that you get to see the entire process on the back end. And one of the downfalls of Literally is that it is not happening in real time, so to speak. So you're probably listening to this, I imagine, a month or two past when we recorded it. So really want to put context around this for you guys. And I truly hope that you enjoy this episode. All right. How you doing? (laughs) I'm good. I'm exhausted, but good. I know. What a, what a week, right? Yeah, it's it's just like this crazy but I think necessary time and yeah, it's just been a really interesting week f- for the world mm-hmm. <laughs> and totally. for you know trying to navigate business um within it and then also trying to like keep a good mindset and not get Facebook fatigue from all the news and but also try to learn and and figure out how to do better. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little exhausted. (laughs) Absolutely. No, totally. And I think, you know, I think it's just helpful to say that we're like, I just want to voice something that feels important here, which is that Mm -hmm. we're in a coaching container. And so while we can know that outside events are much more important than our like individual tiredness. <laughs> mm-hmm, totally. That's not the conversation here. Meaning like you get to be tired here. You get to say what yeah. you need to here and you get to be in your own experience of it in coaching. And I think that that's just important to say because I think that sometimes it can feel like we're coming to to this and we we want to caveat that a lot. Like, well, I'm tired, but it's like so unimportant comparatively. Yeah. And it's true. And like we're this is the place for you to be able to process whatever's coming up for you. And of course, there's an added layer that it's getting recorded. But I just want yeah. you to know, like, <laughs> I don't want you to feel like you don't get to be where you are because of everything. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. And like, I know my tiredness and the grand scheme of, of everything that's going on is unimportant and also very privileged. Like I get, I totally of get course. that. And 
but yeah, I think though, as as a collective, like as the world, we're all tired, and I think that's why we're seeing what's going on because people are sick of it too. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. So, yeah, totally agree. And it, of course, it it is privilege, but I just mm-hmm. want you to feel like you can still say whatever's coming up for you in Thank this you. space. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> So one thing I started off the session with is just making it clear to Rachel that you can say where you're at in coaching, right? So sometimes we want to minimize our own experience because of what's going on in the world, but coaching is really the safe space to be in it and process it, right? So when when we're hearing a lot of things of like, don't process this here. What we're saying is don't process this in a way that is harmful or where other black women and women of color have to help you and hold you in your processing in a not safe way. But it's really important for me to name that this is totally appropriate and acceptable and exactly what the coaching space is for is to be in our own experience and share where we are in that without that meaning that we're downplaying the experience that others are having. So that is something that I have been very clear with my clients on, which is like, bring that processing here. Don't put it on social media. Don't put it out for everyone else to have to process. Bring it to coaching. The thing that's, you know, different about literally, of course, is that now that's going to be on a podcast, but I really just want to preface this by saying that so that it doesn't feel like Rachel shouldn't have brought that here or that I shouldn't have held space for that. That's of course what we're doing in coaching. This just happens to be coaching that's recorded for a podcast. So please keep that in mind when you're listening. You're so welcome. All right. So I know we kind of want to talk about like, what does it look like to move forward? But just give me a little brain dump here. Yeah. So I think we've had two weeks between sessions, but we've been talking on base campus stuff too. So I hired a VA, which has been really helpful. I'm very excited about that. Um, I had my kickoff call with her yesterday. So I'm just gathering materials to get her started. But, you know, we're also starting at this weird time. She's going to be handling social media for me. Mm. But I'm really like I've been kind of dark on social media this week and and, you know, kind of struggling a little bit with how to reenter mm-hmm. <laughs> next week. And I'd like to focus on really providing resources because I think money is such a charged conversation anyway that and there's a sense of privilege also to be in a place where you can talk about what you want to do with your money and managing money and paying off debt and all of that and so I really want to talk I think in the upcoming week about using your money to support causes that that make real change because I think that's important too and and for the people who can and can give money it can be a really powerful tool for change so Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's just, it's interesting having her start in this time because it, it's, I told her like, it's not going to be business as usual the next couple yeah, of weeks. totally. So yeah, but I think that'll be a good help. I also, one of my, one of the PR agencies I subcontract with has brought in some more help um, in advance of my maternity leave. Mm. And that's been really great because I've been able to push a lot of stuff over to them and free up some space oh, for so me. Good. It's just felt so good. <laughs> so, so good just to have like the brain capacity back. 
Um, and then the woman that I'm filling in for at the other PR agency is coming back from maternity leave, I think at the end of this month. And so I, I thought about it for a while because there's always the urge of like, it's about 20 hours a month and like, there's always the urge to want to replace that, but I'm not going to replace it with PR work. I'm going to leave that space open. Um, I think feel like heading into July, like that's sort of like 90 days till the baby's born. (laughs) So I feel like giving myself that space will be really powerful. Oh my gosh. How does that feel? Does it just feel like a weight lifted? It really does. It really feels good. And like even doing the math, like it's not that much of a hit to my income. Mm -hmm. And by leaving that space open, I'm allowing blissful budget clients to come in, which would actually, I'd end up making more money than Mm -hmm. if I tried to fill it with PR work. So, Well, I think what's really helpful and what I just want to give you so much credit for is like, I think you've really seen like with the amount of other work you're doing, like the business isn't not growing because there's anything wrong with the business. It's just mm-hmm. really tough in terms of time. Mm-hmm. And so you're just being really conscientious of like taking action around that, like hiring the VA and cutting back on the hours. And like, that's just really helpful to see because I think a lot of people could leave themselves stuck for a very long time being like, mm-hmm. what's wrong with the business? Da, da, da. And you're just able to like see it and move through it and take aligned action, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's funny because I looked at my time and in the PR business, this was the biggest month of revenue that I had, Mm. but it was also the most amount of time spent in the business. And it was just, it was crazy. And I felt like, I I think I had messaged you in Basecamp last week, you know, saying like, I just feel like I couldn't get anything done this week. I didn't write content. I I got like back behind the scenes stuff done that I felt really good about, but like I wasn't putting myself out there and selling. And then, you know, now we're in a position where I really couldn't be selling in the way that, you know, I would have before this past week. And sure. So yeah, it was just really interesting to to look at that and kind of a wake up call too of like, I'm spending way too much time and I'm hustling too much yeah. <laughs> in the PR business and it's not leaving me the space that I need to, to meet my goals and to build blissful budgets. Doesn't that feel like really empowering to see that though? Because like, I feel like I just want to really point this out because I feel like it's almost so easy to be like, wrong with blissful budget or whatever, but like nothing, right? Right. Like it just isn't getting the time and that's okay. You can change that. But like, does that feel super different? It does. It doesn't. It feels really empowering and it feels like something I have control over. And I do, I, you know, by making that decision to say, I'm not going to fill my schedule up with more PR clients. I'm going to take this opportunity. And, and it's funny, I hadn't even really had much of a conversation around like we had talked with the one um, PR agency about my maternity leave and her finding some help, but we, I thought she wasn't really going to bring them on till August. And so bringing them on now was really great because it's freed up so much time. So it's like, I put the intention out there and then all of this opportunity to free up time has come along, which has been great. So something really helpful to see here is solving the right problem is so important. So what Rachel has truly identified is that her issue right now with the business is very much about time, right? And so 
What we can do and what I've seen a lot of my clients do is make something in the business wrong, right? It's like, oh my gosh, the business isn't growing. It's not moving forward. It's not whatever. But we're putting like no time at all into it. And so the problem isn't the business then, the problem is time. And Rachel is really, really clear about that, which I think is so important because we can make ourselves crazy. We can make up all these other stories that like people don't like this or want that or whatever. And it's like, really, is that what's happening? Or are we just not able to put the time into it right now? So huge kudos to her for just being able to recognize that, solve the right problem, and really be able to take aligned action around that. So she's making decisions in her PR business to create more time. She's decided that this business is going to work. So she's really working on taking the action that says that's true. And a lot of that action is going to be around time. So just want to point that out here and how important it is to be solving the right problem and then taking action around it. Because if we're not, we can spin out so much and we can solve all of these other problems. But for her, she's so clear and that will be incredibly helpful on the journey. Yes. Oh my gosh. So powerful. And so cool to see that. Like, that's why we like make mindset such an important thing. Cause it's like, you've had so much clarity and intention lately and it just makes mm-hmm. everything come faster and easier. Mm-hmm. Right. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So proud of you. Thank you. So let's talk about kind of what it looks like to move forward right now, what it looks like to have the VAs help. So tell me what you were thinking about doing content-wise. Like I know you said you want to do something around donating, but just say a little bit more for me there. Yeah. So I had intended last week or this week, I don't even know what day it is, uh, (laughs) to share other resources, like not necessarily my posts, but really just be reposting other resources for folks to donate. And I think there's an opportunity for a conversation and more original content around, you know, using money for for social justice and as a tool for social justice. And, you know, I think I've seen a lot of business owners in the space, even before this past week of, you know, this percentage of my funding or of, you know, my sales is going to go towards this cause. And I think that's really powerful too, especially in the entrepreneurial space of if you're, you're meeting your sales goals, you're meeting your financial goals, how can you then use this money to make a difference for others? Um, Cause I think when we're in this, in a place of, of making, six figures or 10K months or whatever, that's awesome. But, you know, I think a big part of my business is also how can you use that money to make the world a better place? Because if, you know, if I had my way, all the billionaires of the world would be using their money to make the world a better place. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And instead, we only have like two that are doing that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I think there's something really powerful there and, and content I could write around it. I think I've struggled a lot, though, with this sort of caretaker instinct and then my fear of saying the wrong thing because I am a white woman in America. And, you know, there's also this feeling of like, well, I really need to be stepping aside and letting Mm -hmm. people of color, women of color speak right now because I'm not the expert. So it's sort of been like this struggle of I want to put content out there. I want to start selling again, but I want to do it from a place that's that's informed and genuine and not like 
I don't know. I don't want to silence anybody else, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, I think there's so many things like, let me put it this way. When a, an, a big event happens, whether it was this or COVID or whatever, I feel like what happens is we all almost like fall into old patterns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. So the pattern you've been working through is caretaking. And so when this happens and it feels really intense and really charged, like you're almost going to default way back to caretaker if you're not careful. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, completely. And it doesn't mean we don't still have care. It's just not in that like detrimental way. Right. Where it's Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, like I have to caretake every single person in my audience, every single person, you know, reading that because the pressure of that is just insurmountable, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So it's just kind of finding that, you know, let's say like middle ground there where like you still get to be thoughtful and intentional and, you know, absolutely in contribution to this conversation. And it doesn't lean back into the old pattern of like be Mm -hmm. this massive caretaker. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that does. So something that comes up for me, and I I just want to kind of talk through this because I think it's a little bit relevant here, is that like what I'm thinking is that one of your biggest things that you're helping people with is to kind of actually look at their money to maybe get out of debt to really like have eyes on things. Mm -hmm. And so what I get curious about is maybe the conversation isn't like, hey, if you're making six figures, here's how to donate. It's maybe Mm -hmm. like, hey, if you're feeling like you don't even have enough eyes on your money or you're not making enough that it feels really good to donate, here's how to look at that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but I think it's like, can we still talk to the same ideal client almost? Do you see what I'm saying there? Yeah, yeah, I do. And I think that's a really good message. Because there are ways to donate ways to find money to donate even when you're not making what you think you need to be making or even while you're working your way out of debt. Like it's okay to do both at the same time. I think that's what I'm thinking in terms Mm -hmm. of like how you can contribute and like really still meet your people Mm -hmm. where they're at kind of thing. Right. Because that's, I think that's the struggle a lot of people are going through. Quite honestly, I think it's easy if you're making a lot of money in your business and you mm-hmm. are about what you say you're about. Like, of course, you're going to put your right. money where your mouth is. That might be a naive <laughs> thing to say, <laughs> but you know what I'm, I mean there. Yeah. Um, I think like your contribution can be talking to the people that are like, I don't know. Like, I have debt. Should I still donate? What would that mm-hmm. even look like? Like, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that does. So during times where there is a lot of intensity and there is so much going on in our world, the murder of George Floyd, obviously, and everything that is happening with the Black Lives Matter movement, even, you know, COVID and the pandemic and all of that, I think it is so important to speak to your people directly, even in a time like this. Speak to what they're struggling with. For example, like Rachel can speak to the idea of speaking to the pain point of not knowing if they should donate or if they have the money for that or if it's safe to do that while they're in debt and all of those things. But the way that we can be leaders is to truly speak to our people even during the difficult and especially during the difficult times. So I think that it can be really stressful where sometimes that's where we want to pull back. Like we're like, oh, I don't even know what to say here, right? I've heard that a ton. But 
true leadership in business is going, what do my people need here? What do I have to say here? I'll tell you for me, it, it most of it was just giving resources, right? Because I'm not the expert necessarily here, right? But when we can be a resource still and lead through that and share where we're at, we're able to move that forward. We're able to be that person for our audience. And so Rachel has a huge opportunity to be able to do that too, to speak to what they're struggling with and to help in the way that she can help. And so I just want to encourage you that during times like this, as much as like our, you know, like internal <laughs> nervous system <laughs> wants to pull back, sometimes this is the time to lean in and to be the best leader you can be. And again, sometimes being a leader is just pointing other people to the right resources. Sometimes it's saying where you stand and sometimes it's helping with the pain point they're experiencing. But give yourself permission to lead without having to be an authority or an expert necessarily, but to fully show up for your audience and your community in times like this. And then here's another thing, and I don't know if this brings up the caretaker stuff or not, but like, I think you can also still be pushing calls. Like, I don't think you need to stop that now necessarily. Mm-hmm. What what feels true for you there? Um, Yeah, it definitely hits that like, I don't want to seem like I'm, what's the word I'm looking for? Capitalizing on mm-hmm. <laughs> on what's going on. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, it is relevant right now so yeah i think it 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 kind of butts up against that like oh i don't want to offend anyone by by pushing calls but also Mm -hmm. i sort of feel like the momentum that i was starting to create has has halted and i really want to jump start it (laughs) again and i mean you know this week i think was a, a good week to sort of be dark on social and and listen and kind of digest everything that's going on. And, and so, yeah, I think, I mean, I want to start offering sales calls. I think there's, there's some fear around it though. And fear, mm-hmm. I think it's that fear of like coming across as icky or saying the wrong thing or, you know, it's the total caretaker. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, like, obviously I'm not an expert at this either, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. But here's what I'll tell you my take is from, from everyone I've been learning from. And it's that no one expects you to stop running your business. Mm-hmm. I even think the point of this week was not really that. It was to lift the voices of Black women higher. But I certainly mm-hmm. don't think anyone was saying, like, you can't run your business. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that does. But I think the most important part is that there is acknowledgement. I feel like almost everyone that I've seen <laughs> just really butcher this, let's say, mm-hmm. is because there was no acknowledgement, right? Yeah. And I don't even just mean from a business perspective, butcher it. I mean from like a just showing that you care about mm-hmm. a cause perspective. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like when we yeah. want to pretend like it's not happening, we're part of. Right. Um, A a much different conversation. And so as long as you're in acknowledgement of what's happening, which you have always been, and I just Mm want to give you credit for that. Like you've been talking about this way before any uh, this even blew up this week. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. So I don't think anyone is going to question your intentions at all. I think where it's getting hard for people um, is when they've stayed silent forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then when they're kind of – creating a forced 
message, but really wanting to pretend like nothing's happening. You've always been clear on where you stand. So in many ways, this is not a thing for you. This is business as usual because you always have cared. You always continue to care. You post about this more than almost anyone I know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? That's true. That's true. And it's always been something that's been top of mind for me. And, you know, as I've done speaking engagements or gone on podcasts and and I feel like most of the podcasts I've I've been on so far have been, you know, very socially conscious yep. podcasts. <laughs> and so, you know, this is always a part of the conversation. So you're right. It is something that I've always cared about and is a big part of my business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not it's not like. I don't know, it's and it's good to think about it from that perspective. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, not that this is just a business conversation, but of mm-hmm. course we are having a business conversation here. And it's like your business has always mm-hmm. had clear values. Yeah. Right? So you don't have to feel like this is a time to to show mm-hmm. that by being quiet. Like show your values because mm-hmm. you've always shown yeah. your values. Yeah, right? True. So offering a call, I don't think in any way conflicts with that. I n- I wouldn't necessarily say make a post about donating to a, to social justice agencies with a CTA right, for right. A call <laughs> at the end, <laughs> right? But like I think that those can be parallel lines. Like we can be having these important conversations. You can be um, providing uh, content and conversation around how to donate, how to um, mm-hmm. look at your money in that sense, and then separately still telling people that they can work with you and get on a call with you. Does that make sense? One thing that's really important to me in thinking about how to continue to show up in business during a time like this when a man has just been brutally murdered and it's so important to continue that conversation and will continue to be important to have that conversation for a very, 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 very indefinitely long time to come is to really be able to go, how can I do both? Like, how can I have the important conversation, do the learning, do the work and run my business, right? I think that we often get into this place where we get an overwhelm and we feel like I can't even do either. And what I really want to encourage you around is that these are parallel lines, right? You can run the business and continue to have this conversation. No one is asking you to stop your business or, you know, stop making money. I mean, quite honestly, the reason I've been able to really step up and donate and do all of those things is because my business is running and operating. But that doesn't mean the conversation stops. It doesn't mean the conversation isn't also parallel to that, right? And the thing with Rachel is that she has always, always, always been very clear and vocal on where her business stands on this. So she doesn't have to put herself in a position where the business can't continue to run and move forward. It doesn't mean that we don't take the time to learn and to amplify other voices and to be part of the movement to amplify black voices. Of course we do. Of course we continue the conversation and ideally we do it for a very long time to come. But I just want to really speak to that idea of both are possible at the same time. You can run your business and you can amplify Black voices. You can run your business and you can be clear that Black Lives Matter. 
those should not and do not need to be in conflict with one another, those truly can live together in your business. And figuring out the way that that's possible and true for you is really important to be able to keep up the movement, keep up this important conversation and be a great business owner and CEO who resources themselves and who makes the money so that they can continue to contribute, right? It's all holistic and it all works together. So permission to run those parallel lines and for both to be true. Yeah, yeah, that does. And I've seen that this week. I mean, I've seen that in your content this week and others. And I think that's been really helpful to sort of see like, I can do both right now. um, And I can do it in a way Mm -hmm. that that's not, you know, asking, like you said, asking people to donate. Oh, and by the way, (laughs) why don't you get on a free call with me? Right. Yeah, that's helpful. And I just really want you to give yourself credit there, right? In terms of, how do I want to say it? This is in many ways an easier situation for you to navigate, not because it needs to be easy, but because you have always known mm-hmm. where you stand. Yeah, I think this becomes a very hard situation to navigate when you're having to decide where you stand. <laughs> right. Right? So I just really want you to take that credit where credit is due in terms of like, you're not fucking this up, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're just literally continuing a conversation that you've been having for a while. Yeah, definitely. And of course, we're all going to fuck it up at some point, but you get my my point there. We're like, you're not, um, you know, just coming out today saying, oh, by the way, this is something I care about. You're like, this has always been something I care about. Yeah. I've been very outspoken about my, um, everything, my political views, <laughs> my, because I also want to attract people who, who agree. I, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty liberal and I don't think I would get along so well with the avid Trump supporter. So, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm okay with that. Like I'm okay with not appealing to everybody, especially in situations like this. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Right. I think something that's really um, helpful there, too, is to apply that to other places in your Mm -hmm. business. Yeah. (laughs) Like how we were talking about last time about the, like, you can show up without makeup and stuff like that. And it's like, because you wouldn't want to work with anyone that expected you to have to look Mm -hmm. perfect. And I think this is totally the the place you've given yourself permission to do that. And you can kind of apply it to other places, too. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. So good. So does that feel okay to offer calls in that context or what comes up there? Yeah, I think it feels better in that context. And it's, you know, it's also a free call. So it's not like I'm out there selling a course or which I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that either. But you know, I feel like it's it also feels a little different than if I I was like launching something right now. So it feels it feels good. Yeah. Well, let's think about it this way, right? You you might need a baby step. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You're feeling a little a little weird about it. You were yeah. already feeling a little weird about getting back into selling anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this kind of adds adds to that, of course. And so just being able to kind of baby step that where it's like, okay, like what I can at least do right now is offer the free call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then as I do that, I'll get more and more comfortable. Yeah. But you know, I think the thing to remember about this situation 
um, that we're experiencing in our country too is that it's going to be a marathon, not a sprint. Oh, yeah, totally. Right? Mm-hmm. And rightfully so. And so if we can kind of find that both place where we can both continue this important conversation on anti-racism and mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> we can operate our business, that's really the balance that you want to be able to find right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Like, I don't expect next week everything's going to go back to the way it was, nor do I feel like it should at all. Absolutely. This mm-hmm. this is a marathon and, and real change needs to happen. And it's interesting, just like this time period we're in where we had the pan- have, still have the pandemic. Oh my God, <laughs> going right? On. It's almost right. like you're like, oh, that thing, that thing that's over. Oh, it's yeah. crazy. It's, it's nuts. And it's also like, okay, this is just a new normal now. And yes. everybody's going to have to navigate business in, yes. in a way where we can continue to work, but it's just going to be from a, a more hopefully enlightened place and, you mm-hmm. know, a- acknowledging what's going on. But yeah, and it's, it's just been really interesting. <laughs> like, okay, what's next? But, <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah, it, it's like, it's just the new normal. It's not, you know, nothing's going to go back to the way it was. And so, you know, it's getting comfortable with operating in this in this new climate and being sensitive to it and also being a a steward, a good steward of anti-racism while running a business. So absolutely. And again, you were already mm-hmm. doing that. Yeah. <laughs> so this is maybe like a heightened level, or maybe you're gonna take it deeper or you're gonna make content that mm-hmm. supports it even more than than before but like it just think of this as like a mm-hmm. continuation yeah. versus um like a total different thing do you know what i mean yeah yeah definitely so good definitely. okay so talk to me about the call like i know you haven't really offered one specifically in a little while so let's talk about what mm-hmm. that looks like yeah yeah we had talked about doing a like a look at your money call and really focusing more in the call on some of the blocks that we have yep. of actually sitting down and looking at our money. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good, I still think that's a good offering here. Because the one thing that I hear from clients is they'll get overwhelmed and then they'll want just by life and everything that's going on. And that's the first thing to go away is they're like, weekly looking at their money date, like tracking their expenses, Mm -hmm. all of that. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like it's easy right now to say, well, I'm exhausted. Life is overwhelming. Everything in the world is going on. And so I'm just not going to look at my money. And so I think it's important now, like we still need to run our lives, you know, (laughs) and, Mm -hmm. and be, and be looking at those things. So I think that's still a good, um, offering here. Yeah, totally. I agree. I think that's still completely relevant. And I also think um, it kind of beautifully fits with the other conversation Mm -hmm. you're going to be having too, which is like, if you're not looking at your money, it's really hard to know if you can donate Mm -hmm. or what that even looks like or whatever. I think that um, we can feel so uncertain around all that. So for you to be able to give people that clarity and certainty is really Mm -hmm. useful. Okay. So in terms of promoting it, um, 
and your VA. Let's talk about what that looks like. How how much is she planning on working for you? How much are we going to delegate? Like, tell me where your head's at with that right now. Yeah. Right now, we've just started with five hours a month. Okay. I am going to be writing the content yeah. and then handing it off to her to post. The only thing that I can't really delegate to her is Instagram stories, which I really haven't done a lot of, even though I've allocated time <laughs> mm-hmm. in my schedule to do so. Um, but I feel like if I'm handing off the the like tactical posting of stuff, I can handle it makes it easier for me to get on and do stories in the morning because I'm not feeling like, I don't know, I'm not making excuses <laughs> then because I have her to help. And so ideally, this would grow. And, you know, if I write a blog post, she can then break that up into social posts. So really, that's that's the biggest place she's helping right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think, you know, when I was getting a lot of calls booked, it was mostly from doing stories. So that's really been a place where I've seen the the conversion and the engagement. It's interesting. I don't think we even got to talk about it because I think this was a couple of weeks ago, but I had sort of my my confession week on yeah, on social and yeah. I mean, it was amazing. That's the most engagement I've seen on any any social posts I've done in the life of my business. And yeah. It, and you were saying to me in Basecamp, it just felt like – Yeah, it did. It <laughs> felt like such a relief. It was, it was a weight off my shoulders. And I feel like there's some momentum there too because I saw an uptick in my yeah. Instagram following after that also, like a little one, but still – um, that's pretty cool yeah. to see that happen. And it was totally authentic and totally just laying it all out there. And and so I think a way that too has made me more comfortable with sharing online and on social mm-hmm. and sort of taken away some of the fear around doing stories. So good. So can we agree to share the call like at least – Three yes. to four yes. times a week. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. We might up that a little at some point. We'll see. But like even that is like a great commitment in terms of like, let me just like get this out there really consistently because people are going to need mm-hmm. to warm up to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. In terms of that, so basically you're going to have two posts going out a day. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. On those days. Yeah. like. Something about the call, something about like the other content that we've discussed. Does that feel okay? Mm-hmm. Do you think she, the VA can do both of those or what comes up for you there? No, that feels good. I think she can do both. Mm-hmm. Especially if I have the content written. I think that's easy for her just to get out there and post. Okay, perfect. And then I, I talked to her a little bit, but like in a perfect world that <laughs> I could start batching some content too and like pre-writing a couple weeks of content i i'm hoping that with all the space i'm creating for july i can i can do that a little more too because right now i'm sort of in this like week by week rhythm that's a little bit stressful because i'll Mm -hmm. i'll write things on sunday and then post it and I feel like if I could at least have a few weeks of stuff written, even if it's like getting two weeks ahead of it, it would be so helpful. 
Mm-hmm. Totally. So do you feel like um, right now you're kind of just still on day-to-day and you're just going to send it to her that morning or? Um, I'm going to try to at least be ha- give her everything for the week. So looking at, well, today's Thursday though, try and get her everything tomorrow. <laughs> um, okay. But it might end up being day by day this first week together just because we're, it's a little bit just a little bit different and getting into a rhythm and she's still kind of ramping up. So it'll probably be week weekly at this point of just me getting her content on Fridays and then her posting for the week ahead. Okay. Well, and that's like a really good thing for you to almost just have to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Like it sort of like forces it in a sense. Yeah, it definitely does. I think having that like level of accountability of, yep. I owe this to somebody so that they can do their job that I'm paying them to do is is a a good motivator. Because when it's just me, like, I'll push it off till Sunday afternoon when the baby's napping and, you know, and then sometimes life happens and and I want to take a nap instead because I'm pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. It's been really it's I know it'll be really good to have this this accountability there. So I think like a good way to think about it too is we really want to kind of hit some numbers there too Mm -hmm. in terms of the calls, right? So that you can kind of be in a position like if we're in a a Mm 90-day kind of uh, time window here, it's sort of like how how can I get as many of these as fits Mm -hmm. per week and like really make that a thing? And that's really helpful too because then you kind of feel a little bit more in control of that. So let's actually think about like, exactly how many calls do you know if you have space for each week? I, when we were doing value-centered sales, I had a goal of five a week and that felt really good. It did not feel really good when they were all on the same day, but it (laughs) felt really good when I, you know, had them spaced out. Mm -hmm. I think that's doable with my current schedule and and I can probably bump that up a little more once we get to July. But I feel like for June, if I can have that goal of five a week, that would be powerful. Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. I love that. So the nice thing about that is like if you make three posts and you get mm-hmm. five, great. <laughs> and if you don't, then mm-hmm. you do more, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> Does that feel easier? Does that like automatically feel like pressure? Um. It doesn't feel like a whole lot of extra pressure. Um, just sort of thinking back to when when I was posting more content when we were doing value centered sales, like the calls came pretty easily. So you know, mm-hmm. I feel like adding another post to three to four times a week isn't, or another two, if it's going slow, isn't that bad. Mm-hmm. Especially with the VA totally. to help out. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, and like if you if you play a numbers game off that, say you get five a week. So say mm-hmm. you do 20. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, 20. <laughs> um, yeah. You could be full yeah. in a month. That'd be exciting. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Right? When you were doing them before, I know we have talked a lot about like it feeling mm-hmm. like selling from that place of desperation. So let's just talk about doing these in a way that feels different from that, just so that yeah. you feel super yeah. prepared when you go into them. 
give me a little rundown of what was happening before. Um, I think a couple things were happening before. Um, you know, I don't know that my desperation came across like overtly on the calls, but there was definitely that kind of like, oh, I need to be booking some clients so I can make some money. And I think I said yes to a couple people that maybe I shouldn't have said yes to um, who were, you know, they were a good fit, but I don't think they were really all in, um, Mm -hmm. which might be another conversation to have too of like, you know, people who say that they're ready to to look at it. And then like, I had one client who had frequently missed calls and, you know, would be a no show a lot. And so anyway, going back to the the sales process, though, I, I think there, w- there was that <laughs> of like, I, um, I said yes to a couple of people who maybe weren't the best fit just because I wanted to book the clients. Um, but it was mm-hmm. a learning opportunity. Um, and then also, I think the biggest hurdle for me has always been the money objection. Um, and that goes back to my caretaking too. And so I would sort of fall in this, well, I don't have the money right now. Um, and I would just kind of say, okay, well, I'll follow up. <laughs> and that was sort of that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, and I don't really know. I think the desperation piece was more just my own feeling and my own pressure. So I would go into the calls, just feeling a lot of pressure on myself of like, I need this to convert and being disappointed when Mm -hmm. it didn't and when it wasn't like an easy yes, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I have bad news. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is like, you're never not going to get the money objection. Right. Yeah. I'm not saying it always has to be so intense or whatever, but you know what I'm saying? Like everyone that's getting on the phone with you is probably going to have some level of money objection or they wouldn't have enough of a pain point to be on the phone, right? Right. Yeah, it's so true. You guys know I talk about the core issues piece a lot. I did a solo episode. I believe it's solo episode two where I talked about this and you can see it showing up here, right? We all have these core issues that show up in most situations where we're finding ourselves struggling. So for example, caretaking for Rachel is a big one. She's caretaking the content and the calls and everything around it, right? She's trying to mind read all of it. She's trying to make sure everyone is as comfortable as possible. And honestly, that's not always going to be useful in the sales process, in your content, all of that. And so the more we can keep looking at that for Rachel and diving into it, the more she can transform that pattern where it doesn't mean she's not still a caring, beautiful, loving individual, right? But where she doesn't play out that old pattern in a way that doesn't serve her and that doesn't serve her clients. One of the best things we can do is empower ourselves and empower our clients. And so by shifting that uh, feeling that she has to caretake the whole process to being able to empower herself and to her people, she is going to see such a big shift in how she can show up, how many sales she closes, how confident she feels in her content. It will be incredible. So we're going to keep diving into that along the way and keep looking at that over and over again, probably because it's really important and it will make the biggest difference. Does that, I mean, like, does that feel depressing or what comes up there? I mean, it's just hard. It, it It's funny because I'm in this, it, in this position and I think the way that I had 
sort of framed things up in the past, I was attracting a lot of people who were also feeling desperate around money already. And so then when they heard how much I cost, which is actually less than what I'm charging now, they would be shocked, even though I had already asked them if they had looked at my website because my pricing's right there (laughs) on the website. And they would say yes, but then it would be like a surprise on the phone. So, you know, I was also, anytime you're working with with money and talking to somebody about money, yeah, they're going to have some uncomfortable feelings around money, even getting on the phone with you. And so then saying, by the way, I'm, you have to invest this much in yourself. I think that's really scary for people, for some people. So a hundred percent. And why is it scary? Because they don't trust themselves with money. Right, right. Does that feel true when I say that? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think it's, um, you know, one thing we had talked about was like how you have to be willing to show up for yourself. And so I was getting people who weren't willing, who even though they had paid me the money because I think they felt like they had the money to spend, but they weren't at the place yet where they were really ready to show up for themselves and do the work, which was interesting to see. Yeah. And do you think it was because they just didn't have a big enough pain point or do you think they were just really uncomfortable because the pain point was so big or what comes up for you there? Um, I think it was that their pain point was making them uncomfortable because mm-hmm. it was definitely like ingrained habits, but they didn't have debt. So I feel like there was sort of that like, well, I have the money. So, mm-hmm. you know, one client, it was that she just had no control over her spending and felt like she was wasting all this money. But I I guess that pain point, it was big enough for her to get on a call and to hire me, but not big enough for her to show up for herself. Mm-hmm. It wasn't causing like a tremendous amount of discomfort. Right, kind of right. Thing. It was just sort of like once a month causing discomfort <laughs> for her when she would look at her bills and, and see her bank account getting smaller. But day to day, she wasn't feeling that pain point. So I think like something really helpful there is twofold. One is to really kind of be willing to, how do I want to say this? Like, <laughs> um, I almost want to say like, lean into the people that really do have the pain point, but it doesn't mean that they won't have the objection. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But also, don't be afraid to just straight out ask that on calls. Mm -hmm. Like, how much do you want to solve this? Because just so we're clear, it probably will be very uncomfortable Mm -hmm. at certain points in the process. But, like, if you really want to solve this, like, we can do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, don't don't hesitate to ask them about their discomfort. But the thing that can be a bit of a trap for you is that, the people who need this the most are also going to have the money objection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe not even because they don't have it, because they don't even know if they have it, right? Right. Yeah. So your job is to really be like, how do I get super comfortable with that? Mm-hmm. Because that's also going to help you in your coaching too. The more you're uncomfortable really ha- – or the more you ha- get comfortable having the really uncomfortable money conversations, the better everything gets, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's totally true. So what feels like weird about that right now? Or are you like, nothing really, I just need to kind of do it? Or does it feel like there's something specifically that's coming up right now? And I think, you know, what 
it's it goes back to that caretaker instinct of like, well, I don't want anybody. It's like the this um internal fight, I guess, because there's the part of me that's like, I don't want anyone to go in debt into debt. But then there's the part of me that's like, yeah, but this is my job and this is an investment. And I would tell them to make this investment in other areas of their life. And if this is a place that they want to clean up, like this is a good investment to make. So I've got like the that side of me with like the little caretaker peacemaker voice of like, but I just want everyone to be happy. <laughs> so yeah. Well, let me give you a little bit of a hard time here yeah. for a second, <laughs> which is like, do you notice how you're not fully sold on it when you say it like that. It's like, mm-hmm. well, I mean, if they want to clean up this area, I think that they maybe should. Right, right. Versus like, this is the one area they should invest in and clean up no matter mm-hmm. what. Mm-hmm. Do you feel how there's just like a slight difference there? Like the question is, do you really believe that right. getting to know their money, cleaning up their debt, really, you know, having eyes on their money, do you believe that that's like, the best place a a person could invest. Okay, so you guys know I always talk about this. The core tenet that starts off value-centered sales is you have to be sold on yourself first. That has been something I have talked about like since the beginning of business. I am so, so, so sure that that matters deeply. And this is the conversation we're having here, which is getting sold first. Like, do you truly think this is the thing they should focus on above everything else? Ask yourself that about your program. Like for Rachel, she has to truly believe that handling the money stuff is the thing that people should focus on above all else, right? And she has to get really sold on and invested in that. And then it gets easier to sell it. Like for me, I truly am like, Y'all need to get mindset strategy and execution handled. It is the most important thing you can do in your business. It is everything. It will give you all the best results. I mean, I could talk about that ad nauseum. I will shut up. But like that is how much I believe that what I do is the thing that people need to get results. I mean, that's the entire reason I have this podcast, right? So applying that to your own thing in your own business, like really asking yourself, like, how sure am I about that? How sold am I on that? How clear can I get on that? Because when you do, it is insane how much easier it is to sell, to put out content, all of that kind of stuff. If you're like, well, I mean, it's important, but that energy translates to your clients too. You're going to hear a lot of, well, it's important, but (laughs) right. So do the work to get sold first, really believe that your thing is the thing that people should focus on above everything else and watch how your sales process transforms because of it. Yes, I do. I do because if you don't have your money cleaned up, you really can't. I mean, it, it impacts everything else in your life. It impacts your business. It impacts your personal life. Like it touches everything. Mm-hmm. So why, why wouldn't you want them to figure out a way to make that work? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? right? Right. But here's the really hard part of this. And this, this is the part that's going to rub up against all your uh, patterns, mm-hmm. right? You have to be able and willing to say yeah. that. Yeah. Because if you don't say that, they're not necessarily making the connection and they're not giving themselves the permission there. 
So if you're not willing to go, hey, listen, let me be real with you. I truly believe there's no better place that you could invest your time, energy, money, effort Mm -hmm. than cleaning this up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because if you clean this up, here's how it impacts the rest. Like you kind of have to be like the one saying that and the biggest believer versus the one almost leaning back and kind of having it be like, well, if you're interested in cleaning up this area. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like there is no more important area that you could clean up. So here's what that looks like. (laughs) (laughs) Does that feel comfortable when I say it like that? Or are you like, that's for sure the edge? No, it feels more comfortable when you say it like that and when you frame it like that. And I think, you know, part of there's when I was selling before, I think I was really afraid to say that because I was afraid like, oh, well, maybe they won't want to sign with me if I push them Mm -hmm. because I was so attached to like just getting clients. And I feel like now that I'm sort of approaching from more of a place of like getting the right clients. I am more comfortable with saying it, you know, with keeping it real, (laughs) if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Well, I think something that's really interesting in how you said that, too, is getting the right clients because they have to they have to believe that's true, too, for them Mm -hmm. to be the right client. Yeah. If they're like, I mean, it's the same with business, right? Like if somebody really doesn't think like this business is the thing and I have to make it work, they're not ready to make the investment in Mm -hmm. one-on-one. Yeah, yeah. And they're not going to see the results from it either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They have to believe, like, this is the most important thing I could focus on right now. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of have to be the voice for that to see if that's true for them. Yeah. If you're more like, you just let me know when it feels comfortable. (laughs) And then you get into a coaching relationship that is inherently uncomfortable, i.e. looking at Mm -hmm. all their money. Yeah. They're going to run the other way. Yeah, that's totally true. So you can look at it as more of like this is the filter. But it's also the thing that sells. Like if I don't trust myself around money at all, I have to be able to borrow your belief a little bit Mm -hmm. there, right? Yeah. Oftentimes our potential clients really need to borrow the belief from us that this is the thing. So you need to be really clear, especially when your clients are in a position where they don't trust themselves very much, right? It is literally my job to be super clear that mindset strategy and execution is the thing that works and will change things. And it is my job to help potential clients borrow that belief when they're feeling unsure. So many clients come to me when they've done a lot of things or tried a lot of things or you know, have been feeling really frustrated for a long time they're not trusting themselves very much to go, okay, well, do I think mindset strategy and execution is the thing? They need to borrow my belief in that. I need to be certain enough for the both of us, right? I'm not saying the client doesn't have to come with a certain level of confidence and a certain level of sureness that they want to figure this out. But in terms of like my actual process and what I can offer, it is my job to hold the belief there and let them borrow it when they're in that position. So same for Rachel, right? She really needs to have that conviction and confidence because her clients are not trusting themselves, right? They don't trust themselves around money. They think money's super scary. They try not to look at it. They're going to have to borrow her belief to make that jump, to actually look at it, to finally deal with it. 
And that's not a bad thing. That's really one of the best things we can do as coaches. That's one of the best things we can incorporate into our sales process is helping people borrow that belief when they're stuck and when they don't fully trust themselves, right? And so really think about that this week and give yourself permission to think about how you can do that in your own sales process and with your own potential clients, because it will truly make a huge difference. And it also requires that you have that level of belief, right? So step one might be you starting to work on that belief. Step two is letting clients borrow that from you. It is so powerful what happens when you can do that. So really think about that in your own business this week. What comes up for you when I say that? No, I, f- I feel like that's true. And I think I lucked out with one of my first clients because <laughs> <laughs> she was like the dream client. If I could replicate her and have like just people like her, it would be amazing because she was really, she was ready to do the work. She, mm-hmm. you know, the discovery call I had with her, I mean, it was a pretty easy discovery call. But even after she said, well, I need to, I need to think about it. Recognizing that one of her patterns was like, jumping into things really fast. (laughs) And so Mm -hmm, I was able mm -hmm. to like, work through it with her. And then got a yes, you know, I followed up via email and addressed some of the things we had a conversation on email afterwards. And, and then she like really showed up and she did it. And it wasn't always comfortable and it wasn't always easy so you know I think I approached that one that was like when I had first started my business and I was still doing PR work at the time and I think I was in a place where I was more comfortable with talking about why this is the most important thing she could do for herself right now and So, you know, Mm -hmm. it's interesting just hearing you talk and then thinking about like that experience versus some of the experiences that I had when I was, you know, not when I was like so desperate to get clients and just really seeing how differently I even showed up just, you know, between sales calls when I very first started and then sales calls sort of in that place of like, oh, God, I've got to get my business up and running. Yeah, totally. I love that. Mm-hmm. So in in a way, like you can just see the absolute differential there, even, mm-hmm. even in like first call versus like calls towards the end of mm-hmm. the last time you were doing them, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So let's, let's just do this. Let's just keep kind of like pushing the the calls forward next mm-hmm. week, but then reach out to me after everyone. Like, let's process it. Let's dive in. Let's figure out what's going on. And like, you might feel you know, that caretaker energy come up again, or you might feel kind of, um, you know, like rusty as you get back into it, but that's totally okay. Mm-hmm. Great. That sounds good. That feels good. Right. And like, it's just like, do we keep processing it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love that. Do we keep moving through it? Do we keep shifting it? Because if you do, like, of course, you will get back to that place where it feels like pretty easy and natural to have these conversations. But it's okay if it feels weird at first. Don't make that wrong either. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, that totally makes sense. That feels good. Beautiful. So good. All right. So keep me posted. Reach out to me. Um, you know, as you're as you're getting the calls, I know we'll probably talk again um next week too. And I know you're not gonna quite dive into it yet this week, but reach out as much as you need to if you want me to give feedback on any of the content um, in terms of donating. Happy to do that. And we'll go from there. Sounds good. Thank you. You're so welcome. I'll talk to you soon. Talk soon. 
Bye. Thank you for listening to Literally. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking reviewers to give a free session of their own to as a thank you. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living let up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. If you want to hear more stories of women who have gotten killer results in their business, plus the mindset strategy and execution that got them there, download my free case study series, The Client Files. You'll read about several women's unique journeys to success and exactly how they did it. Plus, you'll be inspired to find the path that fits you. Just go to aliduplife.com forward slash clients to sign up.